Hi, hey, hello, and what the hell just happened? This is a Colts podcast brought to you by Sports Illustrated and the Horseshoe Huddle. My name's Brandon. I'm joined here by your very unhappy, um, very negative attitude co-host, my best friend, Andrew Moore. I'm feeling just as negative as him today. Uh, How are you, buddy? Are you hanging in there? Uh, be glad you're not the one that had to pretend to be having fun uh, to start the show. I mean, I, I, I've definitely been better. Uh, just, just what a collapse! Uh, I think, I think there's no way to sugarcoat this. This is one of the worst losses in Indianapolis Colts franchise history. To be to the meltdown that we've just seen over the past two weeks is is unacceptable. It really is to go from a 95% chance of making the playoffs to out of it. It's, uh, I mean, I've seen Twitter go up in flames. I've seen Facebook already go up in flames. The fan base isn't happy and they shouldn't be. This was an absolute total collapse, complete meltdown by the Indianapolis Colts. And it's really unacceptable at this point. In today's game, once again, they go down to Jacksonville and can't get the job done against the team that's going to be picking with the number one pick in the draft. Totally unacceptable. And uh, Colts should do. I was embarrassed to be watching that game. That was tough. Uh, That's, I mean, that's the best way to put it. It was, it it was probably one of the worst uh, losses in the uh, history of, this franchise, I would say, um, and I agree with Matt. Usually, mock Colts Twitter for the meltdowns, but today we'll let them be. We'll let them. We'll let them go. Um, <clears throat> yeah, man. I I I don't know what happened. It felt very very similar the start of the game to the, to the Rams game last week. The team itself, Raiders. the whole. Did what did I say? Rams. I'm cheering for the Rams now. That for the rest of the year. That's that's where that came from, I guess. Um. I get, it just felt a lot like that Raiders game. They march down, score the touchdown. We end up punting the ball really quickly, not quite a three and out. Um, just giving up points right away to it. And, and, I mean, Trevor Lawrence, good for him, by the way. Uh, game of his season. Um, but, I mean, we just – the defense looked flat. Uh, I mean, the announcers, by the way, that color commentator, rough today. Um it's good old Adam Archuleta for you. I mean, they really threw out the B team here for the last week. Uh, they really just did not give a shit what they were doing today. Um, but I, I mean, just totally flat performance. You didn't hear anything about Buckner. You didn't hear Leonard's name. The defense for the first time in weeks and weeks hasn't created a turnover. Um, it, it was it was rough all around, and uh, there's a couple of guys that are going to get talked about, and uh, we're we're going to be some of the people talking about them. So uh, we'll get started. Carson Wentz, uh, just an absolutely abysmal, terrible performance. Um, 17 for 29, 58.6 percentage, uh, 185 yards, a touchdown, an interception, could have been easily, should have been two um, or more, and a 74.6 rating. Andrew, let's talk about it. <laughs> do we have to? <laughs> of course we do. Uh, yeah, not good. Not good from Carson Wentz. And and this is 
this is kind of what I was fearing. I was fearing that the Jaguars were going to be able to stifle Jonathan Taylor and this running game. And it was going to, all the pressure was going to be put on Carson Wentz to, to perform. And, and he just didn't. And I'm not going to put this all on Carson Wentz because I think at the end of the day, this was an entire team loss. There was no, no real point on the team or no real position on the team where I thought, okay, they had a good day. Maybe yeah. Michael Badgley for his <laughs> field goal attempt. I mean, maybe you could do say that, but other than that, <laughs> this entire Colts team was, was pathetic in my opinion. Carson Wentz goes out there and again, making bad throws over all over the field. His accuracy was very poor today. Uh, there were, the, I mean, the, he, he had some nice throws. I mean, the throw to, to T Y Hilton was certainly good, but the, but I mean, and of course, I'm going to have to watch the film, which it's not going to be a fun Wednesday this week, last one of the year. But we, when you're talking about the Colts being in this kind of situation where the running game isn't going, Carson Wentz is going to need to be able to put the team on his back and consistently win games, not just against the Arizona Cardinals that one week. He should be able to do it against a two and fourteen. Jacksonville Jaguars team. I mean, like, like stats, Matt said, he held the ball too long, missed open wide receivers, refused to check down. He he did all of those things and, and he was inaccurate down the field. The, the pressure was getting to him, which we'll talk about the offensive line here in a bit. But, but when the, when the chips are all pushed into the table, that's not, we can't get that out of Carson Wentz. Yeah. And I know me and you have been big proponents of Carson Wentz this year. We've actually said, Hey, yeah. We think we can win with Carson Wentz. But the thing is, this is when Carson Wentz needed to go out there and, and put on a hell of a performance, put, put the team on his back and will this Colts team to the playoffs if he wants to be the long-term solution at the quarterback position for the Indianapolis Colts. And he didn't today. He looked like the Carson Wentz of last week where he was skittish in the pocket, held on to the ball too long, didn't process things quick enough. He tried to again instead of just wrap it up and taking a sack he tried to flip the damn ball again yeah and it ended up being a fumble and a turnover enough is enough with that and look what happened the Colts are now going to be sitting like me and you sitting on their couches and watching January football mm-hmm. and I, like I said I don't want to act like this is all on Carson Wentz but Carson Wentz holds a, a big big part of the blame for the performance today yeah he, I mean he he sucked um, and, and one season, this is all, I mean, I feel like I've said this a hundred times. Why are we putting this offense into third, you know, long third downs? Um, and it probably is partially because of the predictability, but it's a lack of performance by, you know, and we'll get into the offensive line, but I mean, you, did I put that? I did put that in here twice. Uh, it's, I mean, Carson's got to, like you said, he's got to step up. Um, and he, if you want to be a playoff quarterback, a Super Bowl quarterback, you have to be able to make up some of the gap. You just have to be able to do it. That's what Patrick Mahomes does. Aaron Rodgers does. Tom Brady does. And I know last year's Super Bowl, you know, Tom Brady had every weapon in, in the arsenal a guy could wish for, but he won Super Bowls without it, uh, you know, with, without superstar names. Heck, the best receiver he ever had, Randy Moss, he, they lost the Super Bowl with him. So, um, I, you just have to find a way to, to win football games um, and to play well when your team needs you to because you, that, that team sold out on the run. Jonathan Taylor wasn't going anywhere. Um, I mean, and, and today he wasn't even pushing the piles like he normally does. The offensive line was flat, didn't didn't help him. And Carson Wentz, I don't know. Where do 
I know where the Colts are going to go from here. They're not they're not going to ditch Wentz. Uh, it's no. not really a feasible option right now anyhow. Um, is, but is that something that you would like to see? I don't think so. I and not and not just because of Wentz's play cuz one one I don't want to well this is so fresh in our minds and this is normal. Get the contract why. stuff out of your mind. Would you want to dump this, Wentz if we could? Well, I mean if we could, but you have to you have to add that contract stuff in it and there there's the thing there's there's multiple reasons why you probably shouldn't move off of Carson Wentz number one is the contract because if the Colts would cut him it'd be a 15 million dollar difference or 15 million dollar dead cap that the Colts would take next year well the Colts have 57 million dollars in cap you take 15 away. I mean, the Colts still have a lot of free age of free agents, a lot of holes. They still need to fill. It's not like this team is just a quarterback away, right? They still need receiving help. They need a left tackle. They need some edge help. They need some, some help in the secondary. There's a lot of holes on this team still. So when you're thinking about that, that contract is the first thing. Second thing, what other better options are out there? And yeah. I mean, you, every, you could make your case for Russell Wilson. people, but the thing is too, you can't cut, Carson Wentz just because Aaron Rodgers might be available or Russell yeah. Wilson might be available. And honestly, like you said about Russell Wilson, if I'm the Seahawks and I have a IQ of above four, I would keep Russell Wilson and move off of Pete Carroll. That's yeah. what I would do. So that, that, that you can't just give Carson Wentz and cut him and say, Oh, we're those guys might be available. You have to have a plan in place. And another thing, and the third reason, when you look at this draft, number one, the Colts don't have a first-round draft pick, so it would take an absurd amount of draft capital to even get into a position to take one of those quarterbacks. And when you look at these quarterbacks, none of them really jump off the page as a, as a bona fide star, like a Joe Burrow or a Trevor Lawrence or uh, even like a, like a Mac, like Mac Jones. Now, people say, oh, well, the Colts should have traded up for Justin Fields last year. The Colts yeah. didn't know at the – well, number one, look what Justin Fields is doing. But number two, the Colts didn't know that Justin Fields was even going to drop outside the top ten. Yeah. They made the trade for Carson Wentz back in February. So that's going back to the thing like – I mean, hindsight's yeah. twenty twenty. You see that now and you think, oh, well, maybe. But at the same time, he was projected There's to be no a top guarantee. five pick. There's yeah. no guarantee. So as of right now, you can't you can't move off of Carson Wentz, and nor should I. I, I do still want to see what he can do in a second year in Frank Reich's offense. Yeah. I want to see what this Colts team can do to build around him. Get him a solid left tackle. Get Eric mm-hmm. Fisher out of the damn building. Yep. Get get us uh, another wide receiver that takes pressure off of Michael Pittman Jr. So he doesn't have to be the only wide receiver that moves the ball down the field. Get uh, get some weapons in place and make sure that you've done all you can to help Carson Wentz in this two-year experiment when you have him under contract. And then if he still can't perform, you can cut him after the 2022 season. You don't have any guarantees left in on his contract, and then you can move forward. Yeah, and I and I agree. I'm just obviously doing my job and provoking some thought. Uh, I you know I don't I don't think we should or definitely and we definitely won't uh, move on from Wentz yet or or Frank Reich. That's not happening anytime soon. I think by the time Frank Reich's out the building, it's because he retired or him and Chris are both gone. Um, I feel like Chris is just going to go down with the ship. Um, if Frank ever, you know, if Ursay was ever like, sorry, it's time for Frank to go. But, um, right. And, and I think too, I mean, we're talking all about Wentz and we're, we're believe us guys, there's going to be an episode in this off season where we go deep and only talk about Carson Wentz and what the Colts should do moving forward with him. But 
and since it's all fresh on our mind, this is what we're kind of talking about. But yes, again, I do want to see, especially that's the big thing. What can he do in a second year in Frank Reich's offense? And, and yeah. again, this is, I think from the very beginning, this has always been a two year experiment because the Colts, when they made the trade, they knew they were going to be on the hook for Carson Wentz's cap for those two years, at least. And if it doesn't work out again, you cut him, you move on, you see what your options are after that. Before we move on to the offensive line, Andrew, I have a question. Would you like to discuss uh, what we should do with coordinators and coaches uh, and certain players, you know, next episode after we hear Ballard talk? Should we just save that for another episode? We got time. We'll save no, that. We, we, can, we can save that. Save I, that. I think I'll, I'll, I'll kind of give my opinion of where I think it's heading at the end of our Colts okay. talk here. Oh, yeah. we're yeah, Okay. Uh, offensive line. Uh, they were bad. They were real bad in the run game, in the pass game. Um, Jonathan Taylor only had 15 carries for 77 yards, uh, total of 94 rushing yards, six sacks given up. Carson Wentz, although, you know, he had opportunities to do better. I think Wentz season said something about uh, not setting up with the quick passes. We ran a couple of quick passes in a row that worked. Uh, So, yeah, we could have seen more of that throughout the game, that's for sure. But, um, I mean, he had no time. He had no time for another week in a row. Eric Fisher stinks. Um, Quentin Nelson wasn't good today. Ryan Kelly wasn't good today. Smith, Glow, none of them. I mean, everybody played bad. Somebody in the comments again said, some, we're paying this offensive line too much for a performance like that. Um, I mean, th- that's supposed to be the rock of this football team. Them and Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor uh, and, you know, and then the defense who, again, you know, abysmal today as well. But what in the hell? It's... It, whoever whoever did comment that is exactly right. This Colts team puts way too many resources into their offensive line for them to get absolutely dominated up front like they did today against what is supposed to be one of the worst teams in the league. And, and I did want to make one point. All the people that were talking on social media that, that people are crazy for thinking that the Jaguars even have a chance against the Colts. Well, any team can win on any given weekend. So I think I'll just leave it at that. Anyways, this offensive line, Eric Fisher got pulled midway through the second half for Matt Pryor. I yeah. don't expect Eric Fisher to be back. He got benched today and and for good reason because Jonathan Allen, or not Jonathan Allen, Josh Allen threw him around like a ragdoll. Quentin Nelson, your all-pro guard, was getting beat. Ryan Kelly getting beat and called for holding. Braden Smith just completely whiffing on that on that sack of Carson Wentz where Carson tries to flip the ball and ends up as a fumble. This offensive line, you're absolutely right. It is the backbone of this team and of this offense. This is what drives this thing. Chris Ballard has put so many resources into this offensive line, and for them to just completely, yep. completely just eviscerate and, and evaporate have a terrible performance like that on your most important game of the year absolutely unacceptable and and I, I i don't again you can't really even put it on one guy because all five guys on the unit played so bad and and it's just hard to see that happen especially when when this offensive line has has dominated and you've got guys that you consider tops of their position in the league 
at the offense at these offensive line positions. It was terrible to see. And it was a big reason why this Colts offense could not do anything until garbage time when they just quick passed it down the field to Michael Pittman and finally got a touchdown that, that really didn't even matter in the first place. So yeah, offensive line, terrible performance. And uh, they need to do a lot of soul searching after that one. You know, Oh, moved. I, I agree with this too, Tim. Uh, you know, the in-game adjustments, you know, the line's not blocking well. Let's get some of those quicker passes that we just talked about too, you know. Um, that's something that we struggled with this year too, I think, was was adjusting um, in-game, which I know that's not as easy as it sounds. Uh, we did the defense, you know, a lot of halftime adjustments. Um, you know, we've credited Fluce with some good halftime adjustments throughout the year, but for the most part, just not adjusting the situations like we had today when uh, we didn't have we, – we don't have time to, you know, there's next week, want to know. This week goes 0-1, and, and we're done. So um, the lack of ability to make those adjustments mid-game, I agree. That was uh, uh, as far As far as the offensive line is concerned, too, and, and, the, and the protection packages, that's what, that goes directly on Ryan Kelly and Carson Wentz. No, Ryan Kelly is the one that's usually handling all the protections at the line of scrimmage. But Carson Wentz needs to do a hell of a lot better job as well of identifying where those blitzes are coming from. There's been multiple times, especially the last few weeks, where Carson Wentz has really missed on those. And, and he needs to do a job, a better job of being better pre-snap and identifying those so the adjustments can be made whether it's it's adjusting the protection killing and checking out of the play getting into something else that just wasn't happening it hasn't been happening for the last couple weeks and and so that's definitely something that both of them i think need to really focus on and work on in the offseason like i said trevor lawrence best game of his rookie year uh you just know it's going to come against the colts i get you know of course it was of course, he was going to have his best game of the season against us. 23 for 32, 71.9% uh, completion percentage, uh, two, 223 yards, two touchdowns, 111.8 rating. Um, and he was just picking on Kenny Moore at one point, it felt like. Holy shit. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't help that Rocky Sin goes out of the game on the very first drive. Rocky Sin goes out. Kenny Moore continues a two-week span of things where he just has looked like a pedestrian corner, and this is supposed to be a one. And Kenny Moore's a Pro Bowler, and that's then you have that's what's so Andy. funny about it is because we lost X was out, Rock's out, and they're still we'll still throw Kenny Moore. Why not? Mm-hmm. What what is going on? I. It, and even even Isaiah Rogers had had his struggles today. It just it didn't see that you didn't see this Colts defense put up a fight. And, and I don't even want to start with the secondary. I want to start with that defensive line once again. There was no pressure on Trevor Lawrence. He sat back there and just picked apart this defense because nobody get, got pressure. And yeah. and that kind of all day DeForest, back there. DeForest Buckner. You noticed it from the very beginning. I really wasn't paying too much attention to it until you had mentioned it. But DeForest Buckner, I mean, he missed practice all week and yeah. he was able to play, but it was very sparingly. But DeForest Buckner was not near 100%. No. He could not play the normal snaps that he, he normally does. Instead, Taylor Stallworth was in there. And you could tell just how big of a difference it is when DeForest Buckner isn't in there. I mean, Quiddy Pay hardly was able to get pressure on Trevor Lawrence. Al-Qadim Muhammad, he was the one that had the lone sack today. And I, I may, it might have been when, when Trevor Lawrence was just trying to step up in the pocket. I don't even remember when Al-Qadim Muhammad had that sack. There, and this is becoming a theme. And it's not a good theme where 
these we're not getting consistent pass rush from this Colts defensive line. And if you're going to play this style of defense where it's predicated on more zone than man, keeping everything in front of you, being not as aggressive with their blitz packages, you got to get pressure with those front four guys. And it just simply hasn't been good enough. And I understand that you have a rookies in there and Quiddy pay and Dio Adangbo, but you you put in a second round pick on Kamoko Ture, who, while he had six sacks this year, there's just not enough consistency. Ben Banigou, constantly a healthy scratch. Alquadeen Muhammad, who is a guy that you signed off the street pretty much and has been one of your best pass rushers. It just needs to be better. That's on Chris Ballard. That's on the players. That's on Brian Baker, the defensive line coach. There's no excuse at this point why the Colts do not have a better pass rush. It it needs to be up there. Otherwise, this Colts defense, we're going to consistently see this happen where quarterbacks just stand back there, have all day to throw, and pick the Colts defense apart like we've seen the past two weeks with Derek Carr and Trevor Lawrence. Do you think that is solely a personnel issue or a scheme issue? Or, I mean, you know what I mean? Just in regards to the pass rush, do you think, is it just the players that we have, or do you think that the way they're being utilized is not great? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, I think the players definitely need to step up because you don't see, there's too many times where the Colts defensive linemen that are pass rushing just get hung up on single blocks and they can't get off the blocks. That's something that should be taught. I mean, Robert Mathis was was very good at being able to get off blocks. And Robert Mathis is a potential Hall of Fame player, so not everyone is Robert Mathis. But at the same time, I think you get what I'm saying. You can't just be stuck on the block for so long, yeah. especially against offensive linemen that have no business being able to block you. And the Colts have put so much high draft capital into their defensive line that this shouldn't be a problem. And I mean, well, let's just go down the line. Quiddy pay first round pick Dio Dangbo, Kamoko Ture, Tyquan Lewis, who was injured second round, all second round picks, Di- uh, Ben Banigou second round pick. He doesn't even touch the field. DeForest Buckner, you give up a first round pick for him. Grover Stewart. While he's a fourth round pick, you still paid him a lot of money to be one of your top, your top defensive linemen. When you have those guys, it, it just needs to step up. And again, I'd understand why the Colts went young on the defensive line this year with Quiddy Pay and Dio Dangbo and not bringing back Danico Autry and Justin Houston. Thing about it is, Danico Autry, I think, has about 10 sacks this year in Tennessee. Justin Houston isn't there either. So it's it's pretty ridiculous. And and stats Matt coming in with an absolute heater. Jags had three starting linemen out today. That hurt me. I really wish you hadn't told me that. I really wish you hadn't told me that. I am, I, am, I am infuriated by that. Oh, no, no excuse. Just no excuse. That's pathetic. I don't, I can't keep talking about this. Um, can we move on? That just made me so well, much. And the thing is too, the defense I mean, stinks. That, what do you want to do? I know we're going to talk about where the Colts go from here. What, what do you think about Eberflus right now? Two weeks ago, we we're talking about how oh he's gonna he's gonna end up getting interviews again. So I saw a joke on Twitter: uh, the Jaguars have officially rescinded their uh, request to interview Matt Eberflus for the head coaching position. I think if Matt Eberflus got a head coaching position somewhere else, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for the Indianapolis Colts. And the Colts didn't have a turnover today either. Something that this defense is so predicated on and it's so important. 
Colts didn't have a turnover at all today. No, you didn't hear Darius Leonard's name, DeForest Buckner, Kenny Moore. What was the goal? How many? 40. How many we get to? 33. Well, I mean, still, still a hell of a lot of turnovers, but when your defense is so predicated on getting turnovers, when you don't, it hurts, and it, it showed today. Yep. All right, I think this might be a little uh, dramatic. It's definitely one of the worst, but the worst loss in franchise history, Andrew. And, of course, I'm not very good. You know, I'm not Aaron Rodgers with my recall, so um, I'm, I might not be able to give a perfect example, but what do you think? I think it's up there. If not the worst, it's one of the worst. Because Wait, you gotta pause. Think you... Call Fangio? I mean, possibly. I don't know if how we got big the time. How big of a change that would be schematically, unless Fangio's willing to run this 4-3. I'm not exactly sure what they ran in Denver. I'd have to look into that. But, I mean, Vic Fangio is one hell of a defensive coordinator. I can tell you that. All right, anyway, worst loss in franchise history. (laughs) I mean, it's got to be up there, like I was saying, especially when you think of everything in context. The Colts, I mean, this obviously – this doesn't have any effect on the Colts. Certainly don't care about this, but they were 15 point favorites going into this game. Everyone thought that the Colts were going to easily win. The Colts had to win to get into the playoffs. You, you dot, you are going up against the team. It's not just any ordinary loss against like above the Buffalo bills or the Cincinnati Bengals. You're going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars who will be picking number one in the NFL draft for the second year in a row, a team that fired their head coach in the middle of the season, a team whose fans two teams in a row that fired their head coach in the middle of the season, a team that whose fans showed up today wearing clown costumes to protest their GM. And they lost and now are sitting at home watching uh, playoff football. So it's got to rank up there, I would think, when you think of all of those things combined with how the Colts went out there and performed. They didn't just lose on a field goal uh, and, and they played their hearts out and played one, a, a good game. They got their asses handed to them yeah. today. They yeah. really did. Uh, Tom, That those are both really good ones. The playoff loss uh, against the Steelers at home um, is a good one. Uh, the the shoestring tackle, uh, Big Ben made at the end of that game. Uh, Vander Choke missing uh, that field goal. Uh, the Jets, that's a good one. Uh, because that's the year we is that the year we let them in. We pulled our starters and then we played them in the first round and lost to them. Uh, in the playoffs for real. No, there's a. I think he might have been talking about the forty-one to nothing loss to the Jets in the oh. early two thousands. Yeah, that's tough. He, at the Super same Bowl time, loss. But, Listen, both of those, all of those are playoff losses. Right. This one, was, this is this the one, most embarrassing loss, probably. This one was, was he just to get into the playoffs? So, yeah. all those you're going up against at least playoff caliber teams, not the two and 14, now three and 14 Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe, maybe worst uh, looking for sure, but most painful, probably not for me. Super Bowl that sucked. Super Bowl really sucked, um, and those two, that that Steelers game that was a heartbreaker as well. Um, I don't know it. Yeah, you got to be right, man. At least since we've been alive and watching. Yeah. Playoffs. Let's talk well, about I mean, playoffs, dude. What if Frank Wright playoffs. came out and just said playoffs? Win a game. <laughs> oh oh my man. God. 
Frank well, Reich mean, he, would be a legend if he just walked think, out and said that shit. You think of the OGs in the indie media and Mike Mike Chapel and, and Bob Kravitz. I mean, what, good old Bob Kravitz, am I right? They were tweeting after the game that they couldn't think of a worse loss in, in franchise history. And those guys have been covering the Colts since since forever, especially Mike Chappell, who's been covering the Colts since they moved from Baltimore to Indianapolis. Just, uh, yeah. When season says he's rooting for the Raiders after everything they've been through, you must not have been at the game last week. Those Raiders fans sucked. I'm not cheering for the Raiders <laughs> for shit. Um, those people were horrible. Um who are you who are you cheering for here in the playoffs, Andrew? I say AFC. I like. I'm I'm gonna cheer for the Bills. Or if the Chiefs end up in there, you know, I'll be I, I'd be fine with Mahomes going again, I guess. But I really want a Rod or uh, Stafford to go get one. I'd probably say the Chiefs or the Bills, and then Packers over in the NFC because yeah. I just want Aaron, I kind of want Aaron Rodgers to shut everybody up. Anybody but the Titans and the Patriots. Yeah. Anybody but that, yeah. and the Bucks or the Raiders. Oh, that's right. They're <laughs> not going to make it because they're going to lose tonight. Um, all right. Where do the Colts go from here? What do you What do you want What do you want to chat about? Fluce is gone. I'm not going to give any predictions on people officially being gone, but I think it's time for a very hard look from the top on down, from Chris Ballard on down, of of what this team. And not only their philosophies, but also what track this team is on. Because I think this loss goes on everybody from the top on down. I think it goes on Chris Ballard for not addressing certain things in the offseason. I think it goes on Frank Reich for maybe putting too much faith in certain spots where he shouldn't, getting too cute where he shouldn't. Goes on Carson Wentz, goes on the offensive line the defense, the wide receivers for not stepping up goes on certainly position coaches. I mean, Scott Milanovic, he's got to play a role in, in this Carson Wentz thing, go and start not being able to perform at the end. Matt Eberflus for what his defensive philosophy is and how this defense has looked here. These final two games, Brian Baker, certainly the defensive line coach where this Colts team, he's been the, the uh, defensive line coach, think at least for the last two years, maybe even longer than that. And we haven't seen any, anything to go home about, about this pass rush. Yeah. A lot of people need to look from the top down. And from what I heard, Jim Irsay went into that locker room after this loss and it, he was not a happy man. And why would, why would you be when you're, your franchise that you put everything in and they go out and, and perform as embarrassing and pathetic as that. I mean, my guess is Jim Irsay was a lot more level-headed than I would have been after this loss, and, I, and that's saying something. So I think everyone's on a little bit of a hot seat right now. And again, we're not even 12 – we're not – I don't even know what time it is. We're not even five hours after this loss as of right now. So everyone's emotions are running high. Hell, even our emotions are running high. So you don't want to make any rash decisions – but they really need to take a long look at themselves. Chris Ballard needs to take a look at himself and say, hey, we need to get more weapons for Carson Wentz. We need to make sure we shore up this left tackle position. Frank Reich needs to look and say, hey, I need to do a better job of play calling. I need to do a better job of get, of not being so predictable. Matt Eberflus, I need to do a better job of 
being more aggressive, making sure that I don't just let everything be so easy for these quarterbacks. And then usually when there's losses like this, things will change. So I could see some position coaches getting fired. Do I think, does Chris Ballard get fired? Absolutely not. Does Frank Reich? Absolutely not. Does Matt Eberflus? I don't even think Matt Eberflus gets fired. Should he? Up for debate. Does he leave for a head coaching position? We'll see. But the Colts need to take off. I wouldn't get, I wouldn't say Marcus Brady gets fired just because he's a first, first year offensive coordinator. And I think he will probably get better. And Frank Reich has a lot of faith in him, but they're at a crossroads right now because this team has a lot of good players and they should not be losing these games. They should be making a bigger impact in the playoffs. And if they, this continues those guys up at the top, those seats are going to get really hot because this fan base and this owner isn't going to stand for it. I just need, we need to see some accountability at, at all levels. Mm-hmm. Some form of accountability. Um, I would like, you know, and if you do the same shit week after week and nothing changes, that's a problem. Uh, and we thought maybe once we had just talked about him not making boneheaded decisions anymore, and it was just bad play. Well, today it was it was both. I mean, it was it was all of it. Um, somebody I saw a comment earlier, something about you know the offensive line and and and. <laughs> Uh, Wentz having the COVID fog like, uh, you know, uh, Cam did last year. Like, everybody was blaming that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I agree. We need we need some players to help Carson Wentz. We, uh, we need a player to help the offensive line. Um, and we need our coaches to uh, have some real good self-evaluation this offseason because we need – we need, we need Carson Wentz to help Carson Wentz. Yeah. He needs to get better in his mechanics, needs to get better in his decision-making, and he needs to go back and really digest his film and realize this is his last chance because if, if he gets cut by the Indianapolis Colts, I don't think he will be a starter in the league anymore. So this is his last chance, and he better make the most of it in 2022. Otherwise, I don't – like I said, Carson Wentz's days as a starting quarterback in the NFL could be numbered. I mean that we we said that from the start that you know that this was his last chance. So, um, oh, it was it was one season. I I I mean I don't I don't actually think it was COVID fog either, but I liked the joke. Um, other Colts news there is none because we're done. Um, I didn't even watch Hard Knocks to be honest with you. Don't well, think hey, I watched Hard Knocks. You were you were talking about how uh, this might be a long playoff run and Hard Knocks might be going on for weeks. Well. Wednesday will be our last episode of Hard Knocks. Going to be an interesting one. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's talk about scores. Didn't watch a single game. I was too pissed off. Um, actually, I did watch some of the games yesterday. But uh, Chiefs 28, Broncos 24. Uh, Chiefs are probably going to go to the Super Bowl, if I had to guess. <laughs> I mean, they did lose to Tennessee. Tennessee, who knows? Uh, this AFC is wide open, in my opinion. And especially, with, I mean, Kansas City just lost to to the Bengals and old Joey Burrow. I mean, they could be a dark horse. Their offense is looking real hot right now. So, yeah. I, like, I still think this AFC is absolutely wide open. And the NFC, but we'll see. Cowboys came out like one pissed-off pick-em-up truck, 51-26 to over the Eagles. Holy smokes, I did not expect that. Eagles weren't playing a lot of their starters. They did put up a hell of a fight. I yeah. will say that. Nick Sirianni, hey, Nick Sirianni, congrats to him. He's going to the playoffs. 
Maybe I got to cheer for the Eagles. Shit. Root for the Eagles to make some noise in the playoffs. Root for Nick Sirianni. That hurts, dude. We'll we'll see. We'll see what the Cowboys do when they have to play. uh, Let's see who's the fifth seed. Arizona. So it'll probably be Cowboys Arizona uh, in the wild card weekend. Which Cowboys just lost to Arizona just last week? Yeah. Uh, Browns 21, Bengals 16. I Both were playing bench players, f- playing for nothing. Who cares? Uh, yeah, I didn't see a single single snap from that game. Hey, Case Keenum must have got the win, though. Good for yes, him. so. Uh, Lions pull off uh, a victory to end the season, 37 over 30 for the Packers. Uh, Aaron played part of the game, scored me some points. I might actually beat you still. Yeah, I'm seeing that, and it's not looking good. I've got a chance. My, I need a, I need the Raiders to have a running attack tonight, not a passing attack. Mr. Renfro needs to have a seat on the bench or something. <laughs> uh, I need to win something today. Um, Yeah, that, that game, again, didn't matter. Vikings-Bears, Vikings win 31-17. to I mean, do we need to talk about these ones that didn't matter? Uh, do you think Mike's – well, do you think Mike Zimmer still has a job? The Vikings coach? That's a tough one. I would – he shouldn't, but he probably will have one more year. And Mike and Mike Florio is going to flip if he's not fired. Mike Florio is going to shit himself. It's going to be hilarious. Um, I hate Mike Florio. I know. He loves the Vikings, though, and he, but he hates them. Uh, Washington 22, Giants 7. Another one, uh, who, who cares? Uh, I, I don't even know who played Giants, quarterback for the Giants. Giants 100% need to blow it up starting tomorrow. Yeah, or tonight. Why not? Tomorrow's Black Monday, right? Yep. Um, Steelers. Now this one mattered. Steelers sixteen, Ravens thirteen. So that that put us out. We ha- we still had a chance, even with the loss today. And right away, the the Steelers said, "F you." Big Ben's going out with a a victory and a play- potential playoff run. Mm-hmm. Hey. But Big Ben still holding on to those games. I mean, one, it seems like, oh, this is going to be the last game for Big Ben. This is going to be the last game. How yeah. far is this going to go along? I, I don't even know. I mean, the, obviously the playoff seeding hasn't been confirmed yet, but it's hard to see the Steelers getting past the wild card round. Shut up, Matt. Oh, yes, that did happen. The no. Giants did run a QB sneak on third and nine from their own inside their own five yard line. Oh my God. That's incredible. That's the most hilarious thing I've ever heard. Um, Titans 28, Texans 25. I thought the Texans and Mr. Davis Mills were going to bring it back. I think the Texans are going to hang on to, to Mills, and I honestly, think he's going to be starting next year. Honestly, I'd roll with Davis Mills. Yeah. Get him get him a good coach. Get him a because I don't know if David Culley's really working out. Get him an offensive minded coach. Get him a, a very good offensive coordinator, QB coach, and hey. See what Davis Mills could do because I mean the kid balls. He's been doing pretty well this year. Yep, yep. In a terrible situation. Terrible situation. Uh, Saints thirty, Falcons twenty. Uh, I believe the Saints are in. The Saints would have been in if the uh, 49ers lost, which oh, we'll get to that game in a second. That's tough. Uh, Bills. Hey, tw- go ahead, real, real quick. You know I don't do this often. Credit to Sean Payton because he has had he had four four different yeah four different quarterbacks start a game for him this year. Came one game away from going to the playoffs. Pretty damn impressive. I was going to ask, do you think Coley's on the hot seat? Matt Matt brings that up here. I was wondering. There like, have been 
there have been talks that, that he could get let go tomorrow. I kind of felt like he was just a, a, a fill in for a year anyway. I didn't ever think that was going to work out. Um, Bills 27, Jets 10. Bills are going to be one of the teams I'll be cheering for for sure. Bills um, win the AFC East with that win. Yep. And then uh, Patriots. Uh, 49ers 27, Rams 24. And overtime, uh, Matt Stafford, I believe, threw an interception that caused this overtime to happen. Yeah, Matty Stafford just keep, rough few weeks. See, yeah, can't protect the football. So uh, they they better get that together because I mean the Rams have a lot of talent. They, yeah. There's no debating that. But man, they've it seems like they've lost a lot of games that they you think they should win. Yeah, same with the Colts. Forty uh, yeah. Niners. Tw- never mind. Dolphins thirty three. Patriots twenty four. Uh, can't wait to watch that Bill Belichick pe- uh, post game press conference. That's my favorite. Dolphins got up by a lot early, and uh, the Patriots, see, that's the thing with the Patriots and Mac Jones. Mac Jones is a very good quarterback unless you're playing from behind. Then it's kind of difficult for Mac Jones to to really build a comeback. So yeah. something to keep an eye on once the playoffs start, if that ends up being the case. I believe the Dolphins beat the Patriots both games this year. Hmm. I don't know. Could be true. Uh, Seahawks 38, Cardinals 30. Uh, wow. Okay. Did the Cardinals sit people? They did not. The Cardinals Yikes. were trying because they if the Cardinals would have won, they would have won the NFC West because they were in a tie, I think, with the they were in Rams. a tie with the Rams or one game behind the Rams and they owned the tiebreaker, mm. something like that. Wow. Uh Buccaneers forty one, Panthers seventeen, no surprise there. Uh Matt Rule apparently I think is that in the notes? Okay, I won't I won't bring that up yet. All right, that's it. That's the games. News around the league, Andrew. Uh, Buccaneers signed defensive tackle Vita Vea to a four-year, $73 million extension. Well-deserved. He is an absolute monster there in the middle of that Buccaneers defensive line. And he's one of the sole reasons that the Buccaneers have such a, like a fierce, fierce run defense. Yep. Uh, Seahawks have no plans of trading quarterback Russell Wilson during the 2022 offseason at this time. Status of head coach Pete Carroll's future with the team unclear at this time. I kind of agree with you, Andrew, because Russell Wilson's the face of that team at this point, you know, not Pete Carroll. Uh, It would be a a good move for the Seahawks, I think, as an organization to keep Russ, but you cannot screw up a head coaching hire in that situation. All right, man. Well, the thing is, too, like Russ isn't Russ isn't like an old quarterback. He's not uh-huh. damaged goods. I mean, when when Russ is fully healthy, he's still top five to ten quarterback in this yeah. league. And when you have that, you don't just give that away. I mean, who are the two of the Seahawks going to turn to? Who's the backup? Was it um, Geno Smith? And then their third quarterback yeah. is Jacob Eason. So. Correct. They don't really have a choice there, but if if Russ wants him out, I I think maybe you should think about that and think about going with an offensive minded head coach for your star running back or star quarterback. Excuse me. I agree. Uh, Browns plan to move forward with Baker Mayfield as their quarterback in twenty twenty two. No exempt, uh, extension imminent. I think that's the right move. I think so too at this point because I mean again who out there is going to be better unless you're trading for an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson, a Deshaun Watson. But the thing is like, again, you can't bet, bet you can't bet on any of those things happening. And when you have a not so stellar quarterback class in this year's draft, like has been the past few years, 
you can't just put all your chips into that either. So give, give Baker one more year. I mean, you've already got him under contract for that one year and then see, see what happens. Uh, Panthers expected to keep Matt rule for the 2022 season. Good move or bad move. I don't like it. I mean, and I was a big fan of Matt rule. I don't like getting rid of coaches after one or two years either. He's, I think his, I think his record is like 10 and he's only got 10 wins and it's not good. And apparently that culture isn't good either. He's been throwing some guys under the bus. It's not, it's definitely not good. Similar to another uh, college head coach that came to the NFL. (laughs) The different world. People realize that those coaches need to realize that NFL, you're coaching grown men. You're dealing with grown men, not uh, kids fresh out of high school. Uh, So, Andrew, this is hilarious to me. Panthers also expected to target former head coaches, John or Jay Gruden? Matt's saying Jay. You're saying John. John Gruden. Well, let me let me take a look under the hood at what I. What so, I if read. that's the case, while you look, I think that's hilarious because apparently the owner, I can't think of his name off the top of my head, was talking about how he's embarrassed by the Matt Rule contract. Right? Mm-hmm. If he turns around and hires John freaking Gruden. That's not embarrassing to you? What? 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 I can't gonna imagine. Could have to see where. Either way, they're also looking, while you're looking, they're also looking at Bill O'Brien, um, as well as Rams offensive coordinator, Kevin O'Donnell, for their open offensive coordinator positions. Why would Kevin o- O'Connell, why, why would one, an offensive coordinator for a team like the Rams, or Sean McVay in L.A., want to be go to Charlotte, North Carolina, to play with a shitty team? To coach with a shitty team, I should say. That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I really don't know. It doesn't make any sense to me either. And Schefter says Jay. Okay, well, I'll trust Shefty then. That was just me maybe looking at it very quickly this morning. I do apologize. Jay Gruden, that makes more sense than John Gruden, considering all the uh, stuff that just happened. And he's now in like legal proceedings against the NFL. So definitely makes sense. Right. That would have been crazy. Uh, are we good here? Yeah. Uh, Broncos fire head coach Vic Fangio, 19 and 30 in three seasons as Broncos head coach. I, I do like the defense coordinator idea. I don't hate it. He's a hell of a good, he's a pretty good defensive coordinator. I mean, he had a lot of success with the Bears, and that's why we got the uh, the head coach opportunity there in Denver. He's an old school guy. So I'm exactly, I don't know if you'd really want him to be handling your your entire franchise, but as a defensive coordinator, he's a good guy. And again, I don't know. Cause I think the Colts, whether Eberflus moves on or not, I don't think the Colts, especially with how they've drafted how they've built this defense, they don't want to go away from that four, three heavy zone yeah. defense. So you're going to have to find a, a defensive coordinator that that will do the same thing or kind of want to be in that Perfect. same scheme. Crikey. Oh, here we go. It's been a long time since this has happened. You want me to move on for us here? Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> as you handle it, as you handle that. Um, so we're, we're going to move on to news about the Steelers GM. So not only could Ben Roethlisberger be gone, Steelers GM, Kevin Colbert is expected to step down after the 22 2022 NFL draft. That's a little weird, in my opinion. Why? I mean, you wouldn't you want your 
your new GM to kind of take over that draft? No, or because this you... this GM's already put in all the all the work. The draft is yeah. a year long process, man. He's got. Yeah. They're gonna. This I've seen. We've seen this happen before. I can't think of the specific off the top of my head, but I remember thinking the same thing at one point. But as known as much as we do about the you know Chris Ballard's draft process, and I mean we've learned a lot about that through the mini series that the Colts do. Uh, no, no, Matt, no. For those that aren't watching on YouTube. Hunter Renfro just got a touchdown and stats Matt broke the news to uh, Brandon. So that, Shut up, Matt. that helps, helps me in the fantasy department. Against anyway, Brandon tonight. Uh, but it makes sense because they've already put in all this prep and all this work. I mean, you don't just want to dump it and go, Hey, somebody, will you just draft in a couple months? So that it makes a lot might, more sense to me. It also might mean that they have an internal candidate that they have ready for good to take, to take his spot as well. Could be. Um, Lions expected to part ways with offensive coordinator, Anthony Lynn, big culture guy, <laughs> big culture guy, but a guy that went from the chargers to the lions and man, that offense was not good for, for most of the year. Oh, that must be nice. Bleed blue. Well, I'm getting shit on in fantasy. So, um, <laughs> Ooh, is that true? Fangio coach for the Colts under Mora back in the day. That was before my time. Stats Tim. Stats Tim. Just joking, Matt. All right. That's it. Uh, Andrew, no player of the game? Don't don't play the music. There is no player of the game because not a single person stood out for the Colts this week. Yeah, losers don't get player of the game. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. But you can still go follow us. Guys, uh, we're bummed that the season's over, so keep in touch with us. We're still going to be doing an, probably an episode a week uh, to pre like to preview the playoff games and to recap the ones that have happened. We'll talk about Chris Ballard's uh, press conference this week, but go follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at a Colts podcast, um, and we'll, we'll stay in touch. Uh, so keep an eye out. We'll probably do Wednesdays probably do wednesdays um we could do that or sundays i don't know i don't like well, having well, i i, I, I think i'm thinking wednesdays we'll we'll, we'll figure, figure it out, out. but hey that, that that gives people a reason to watch our social media because we'll announce when we're going when our episodes yeah. are going live on then on yeah. there so yeah get your friends to come watch this and cry and piss and moan with us um Big, big thanks to Sports Illustrated and Horseshoe Huddle for uh, taking us under their wing this year. Uh, that has been a lot of fun. We're looking forward to continuing that. We appreciate all you listeners. Um, I don't even want to play the music. I don't want to say Go Colts, but I'm going to do it because that's the theme song. But yeah, thin, brother. Big thanks to everybody. For whatever reason, we're going to continue to torture ourselves for eternity. Till next time, Go Colts. <laughs> go Colts. Let this moment become a cherished memory. And then remember, a legacy is only worthwhile when there is a future to fuel. God bless you and God bless football.